Hello and welcome to Season 8 of the Cartridge Club's Game of the Month podcast, where we bring together members of the Cartridge Club community to discuss our community playthrough. If you're new to the club or are interested in participating in future months for games like Parasite Eve, Banjo-Kazooie, or Life is Strange, join our community Discord or follow us on Twitter at CartridgeClubNA. We love to see the hashtag Cartridge Club used whenever you talk about one of the games we've selected. I am Musty Hobbit, and on behalf of our rotating pool of hosts, Ryan, Church, Josh, and the Q-Dogs, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. This month, we've selected one of the top games of the 8th console generation, 2018's God of War for the PlayStation 4. Along with myself, fellow co-host Ryan, or it's Rocket Sauce, will join me for our discussion, and we're excited to invite on first-time guest and God of War mega fan Captain Algebra. While we do our best to keep a majority of the conversation spoiler-free, you should know going in that there are moments that will share some details of the story, so if you haven't yet played this entry in the series, let this be your spoiler warning. With all of that out of the way, let's dive in to what might be my game of the generation. Enjoy. So, Cap, you've been out in the open uh, about what this game series means to you, but for those listening who don't know you yet or maybe haven't heard you talk about it before, can you give us give us a quick feel for your history with God of War? Yeah, so I didn't actually start playing it until God of War 2 um, in college. It was my freshman year. My buddy um, got it day one. And, like, I had heard of the game, but I didn't really know much about it. And so I was watching him play. I'm like, this looks awesome. You know, Kratos is a badass. And like, I've always loved Greek mythology. And so immediately, I think maybe the next day I went and bought the first game and played through that and then bought the second one so I can play through that. And it, it just quickly became my favorite franchise of all time. Um, I haven't played the mobile games or Ascension yet. I've played everything else. And it's just, I don't know, I love the character. I love the stories. I love the mythology. And uh, so I was, it was, the new God of War was the reason I got a PS4, um, you know, compared to Xbox One. Or the Switch. Like, I want a PlayStation because the new God of War. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a really good point about the mythology and how how well they kind of weave all of this in there. Uh, Ryan, uh, do you have a similar kind of story or what, what's your what's your background with God yeah. of War? So my history goes back to the PS2 and I got it the same Christmas that Twilight Princess for the GameCube came out. And I remember I asked for it because it, I think it just looked cool. Uh, granted, it came out a year prior and I got the Greatest Hits edition of the game. Uh, it's the Red Case one. Um, and I was more excited to play Twilight Princess. But that opening of Twilight Princess, really, it's like a slog. It takes like really an hour to get going and then you're stuck being a wolf. And I remember it's just it wasn't hitting with me at first. And then I popped in God of War, and right off right off the bat, I was like, "This game is awesome. the The violence is over the top, and it was just hitting all the 
the right buttons for the age group I was at. I was uh, probably a teenager or late teens for that. I'm like, yeah, this game's for me. Um, and then every game going forward, it was a must buy for me. Uh, I remember I, I found it kind of weird that God of War 2 came out in 2007 when the PS3 was out, where I would have thought there would have been maybe even a PS3 version and maybe a PS2 version. But that was also when PlayStation uh, wanted to have backwards compatibility with all their consoles. So I ended up playing God of War 2 on my PS3. And it just felt weird because there was no rumble features. And I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I played it. It was fine. It just, I don't know. It just didn't look right. Maybe on um, HD, HDMI. It wasn't HDMI. It was just, you know, playing on the TV for me. So I don't think the second one really hit with me because of a couple of things. Um, and it didn't sway me off the series at all. It's just one of those things where I, I thought maybe the first game stuck with me way more. Uh, and then I played the third one for the PS3, which was made for PS3, and I absolutely loved it. And I would say that was my favorite game in the franchise to today. Um, I, I've played them all. I played them all with the exception of the mobile game. I didn't even know there was a mobile game until today, too, because uh, I was just checking some dates uh, about these games, and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, like mobile. cell phone mobile game? Yeah, really? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a called. Uh, and I can pull it up here real quick because I didn't know about it till today. I think it's, it's betrayal. Betrayal. Yep, betrayal. you're correct. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it was one of those ones where I'm like, I didn't even know it existed, but I imagine it's for, uh, I don't know, phones from 2005. So who knows, uh, how good it is? It's, I don't know. It just it was a game I was not aware of until today. So I was gonna say yes, I've played every single game, but now I can't say that. Um, I've played the two PS, uh, PSP games uh, via the PS3 port for where you can play on your PS3 uh, and Ascension. Um, I always found Ascension to be kind of like the weakest uh, in the franchise. It's it's also one of the most one of the toughest versions of the game. Um, but like, like I was just saying, I would say three was my favorite until today. Um, and maybe we'll talk about it more where I, I think. 2018 now is my favorite God of War in the series here. Okay, excellent. Well, yeah, for for me, I, I think a lot of my background kind of mirrors um, yours, Ryan. Like I've I remember playing the the original, um, the first two on PS2. Um, the like I have some like f- like strong memories of like G4 reviewing it and me being like yeah I need to go now like that's that was just seeing that I think it was X Play reviewed it and was like a five out of five and I was like okay well we should we should go um, and I I remember just getting that the big Hydra sequence like like talk about talk about just a way to kind of solidify um, a series right right off the bat like like fantastic um i played so i played one and two um i did not play three because i didn't get a ps3 until 2017 yeah it was you found it for me right that ps3 um and so i finally went back and played that uh i played ghost of sparta as part of cc portable rest in peace um a couple Novembers ago. Uh, so I got to talk to Curtis about that when I was on that show. You should go check that one out because it was fun to talk about Ghost of Sparta. Uh, but I haven't touched Chains of Olympus. I also haven't touched Ascension. Uh, regarding this game, this game kind of 
has some some memorableness to me in that it was the last game that I beat before we moved a couple years ago. Um, so I was playing the entire time that I played this game because it came out in I think April. We were in the middle of showing the house, so the house was in show mode, which meant that I couldn't have the old basement set up. I couldn't have all my books, like all of that was in storage except for a few things. And they were, they were my, my PS4 and my Xbox and like a handful of games, like for each. And it was, it was God of War that like the moment that I was free and able to play, like that was what I played for the entire time. It was, and again, it was the last game that I finished before we moved it was just like it was nice because there was just no distraction it was nothing nothing getting in the way i didn't have any other like oh i should play this instead it was like nope i'm getting home i'm playing this i want to play it now like let's go um and yeah it's it's was such a memorable thing and i will get into all the specifics on on why that is uh but we picked this one to kick off our season, uh, season eight, uh, because we we have a lot of people who feel very strongly about this game, and so so we put out a poll on Twitter, and I want to give right up front. I want to give big thank you uh, to uh, Dean uh, Round Two Gaming, who runs our club's Twitter, uh, or primarily runs the club Twitter, uh, who has been doing a masterful job this month in just interaction, and I I, I feel like a lot of people have had fun with uh with what we're doing with the twitter account and so uh, he put out a poll early in the month and asked since so many of you have already started playing along with god of war uh we want to know which best describes your relationship with the franchise and so we had uh what do we have we had 50 people reply and uh we had uh, a lot of them 42 percent have played them all boy and uh I'm going to assume that they didn't include the mobile game. <laughs> we didn't know. Um, there's It was a, a very small percentage, 8%, that only played this one, 2018. Uh, we've had 32% that have only dabbled with the OG. Uh, I assume the trilogy is probably the safe assumption there. And then we had 18% who were new to God of War entirely. Um so it was great. It's it's awesome that we kind of we picked something that didn't have it wasn't like everyone's played it or no one's played it. It was we had a nice little mix going on there. One of the biggest things we've all talked about our experiences with the original trilogy. So the original games have such a dramatic difference, uh, specifically in the combat. Um, the 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 original ones are very. Uh, hack and slash, kind of this fluid. Uh, if you've played games like Devil May Cry, or uh, you know, they they have that kind of a flow to combat. It's very, it can be button mashy at times, but it's uh, it all very, it's very much destroy everything on screen. Very hack and slash, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that that's a clean way to to refer to it. But they made some big changes, um, and. Uh, in some cases, it, it it feels very similar, but I, I think in some cases there's there's something else there. And a cap, you, you you had some feelings there. You you want to talk about how you felt about the combat? Yeah. So 
I, I said before, like I got a PlayStation four because I wanted the new God of war, but at the same time, because I love the original trilogy so much, I was very apprehensive about it. I didn't want them to screw up the series that I love. And I think uh, Corey Barlog, the, uh, the writer came out and said like, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be very different. Like we said, it's not the hack and slash anymore. And so my initial thoughts were, it was just very slow compared to that. Uh, a lot more um, deliberate in what you wanted to do. Like you said, in the old games, you could just hack and slash, button mash, throw the combos and stuff. And it was just, it was awesome. And now here you got to be more deliberate. You kind of have to uh, time your evades more and stuff. Um, I was playing it earlier today and I was, I was messing with some Wolvers that my least favorite enemy in the game. And it's so hard to avoid some of the hits now. You're like you have to be very deliberate in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, bothered me at first, but in the end it, it matches the game. You know, it's this is the way they wanted this new game to be. Um, it's a it's a departure from the original trilogy, but it works, um, especially with the with the new weapon and stuff. And it just it still feels good. It was just tough to get used to at first. I could see that. I could see that. So Ryan, I know I I know you've kind of stated that like Soulsy type games really aren't your deal. So like, how did you feel with like God of War going in that direction? Right. You know, the, the thing about Souls games is, like, I always love the idea of it, and then to you then you play it, and then it's really a frustration because, for me, like, I'm willing to learn a game's toughness, but I hate not knowing where I'm supposed to go. Uh, and I think that's part of the charm is just how brutally difficult it is not having anywhere to go. So when God of War was kind of presented that it's kind of a light, like Dark Souls light game, I was like, well, that's okay. You know, I'm willing to give this a shot here. And... um I think part of the reason why back in 2018, when I played this game, uh, the difficulty of this game, because it was souls light, I I think it hampered my enjoyment of the game. Um, And maybe it's because we played Bloodborne for the club um, last season. And I, I kind of learned the parry counter um it's one that's a big emphasis on the gameplay that you have to do this to to really make make uh progress at a game and eventually you get good at it uh i think it made coming back and playing it now a much better experience for me where i'm playing it and i'm like this ain't so bad this is actually pretty easy it just was a way better experience this time for me um with the gameplay yeah, you just kind of sharpen sharpen those skills up and uh, yeah you know when the when you know exactly when they're when it's time to counter and then attack them. Uh, it was like I said at first because like how Cap was saying how how they changed it from the first time. I think that's that was another thing for me, the change of what they did from the prior games. And I like I said up until this point, with the exception of the mobile game, I I had an idea on how God of War games were supposed to play. And for for the longest time um, playing this game, when it's just the axe. I was telling myself, I was like, ah, you know, it's good. This is a good game and all. I just wish I had the blades back. And, you know, like, you, you just get good with the axe. It, it was just a lot of changes at first. Where At first, it didn't, it felt, I don't say it felt wrong, but it, it didn't run me the right way. With it was the different, changes. right? Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was, it was very, uh, the, the timing was interesting with, like, uh, infinity war coming out like a, roughly around the same time and all of a sudden there's an axe involved and um uh, yeah it, 
it, it, it, like I said, it I, was, I really like the axe. I'm, I'm just going to say that. No, I, it, I, I, I felt like it was a really good addition and it just kind of, it, well, it allowed did, it to be slower. How, it's a good did, weapon. It's a real you, good weapon. How'd you feel about it at first though? Because for me, that's what it was. The, like the, all these changes, the difficulty changes, the gameplay changes, the, the, the axe instead of the blades, like I said, all that stuff kind of, like I said, at first rubbed me the wrong way and maybe it sure. left maybe left a little bit of a I want to say a bad taste but it's definitely kind of like because when I look back to 2018 this wasn't my game of the year it was number two on my list mm-hmm. uh, so like I said these little things I think affected my opinion of the game back in 2018 which now has since changed playing it today on the second yeah. playthrough. so for me for me the the uh, the axe did take a lot of getting used to uh, when I saw it, when when they first showed it off, I was just like, "This thing is really cool." But like, even just the first like tutorial battle against the Draugr that that come in, uh, I died in that first encounter. You know, I, I I didn't yet understand it, and I guess that's a either that's an indication of like a good game setting and expectation for what you have, what's going to be coming. Maybe they meant to kef- catch people off guard to make people feel uncomfortable and make people kind of slow down a little bit because i feel like sometimes especially in the the what we can call the greek trilogy right like in that one uh it was very frenetic and you know fast paced and you're just you know it does get mashy and and if you get too mashy with the axe it just doesn't flow very well Mm -hmm. and as you start to unlock more uh more more abilities um and as you get later in the game of course of course the arsenal expands um you start adding in some magic as well um and the magic itself even functions differently than it did in the uh original trilogy as well you're dealing with both a light and heavy runic attack uh which have a there's such a wild assortment i i I was i was looking through because I found myself really picking one and just kind of going, this is what I want. And this is the one I'm going to go with. And sometimes like like I went back and watched a video that just kind of highlighted every single runic attack. I was just like, that thing looks amazing. Why didn't I choose that? Like there's some (laughs) really cool stuff. Um, But like, I found myself just using, there was, there's one attack called Njord's Tempest, which is the light runic attack with the ax and it's the it's the um, the tornado basically. So he kind of winds up and rotates around and just kind of moves into a crowd, hitting all of them. And then as you level that up, you can keep this the swirl going on. Uh, and I really like that. But that's like one of that's like the second one that you unlock. Uh, and then I realized later on, I'm just like, wow, this stuff where I'm like rain and fire and um, or like I'm using I'm using the ice beam like like you're a, like you're one of the ancients. Like and I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, did you guys uh, cap? I'll go to you first here. Do, do, do you have a favorite runic attack uh, and or did and or were you kind of in the same boat with me where you just kind of stuck with one throughout the whole game? Yeah, that's ex- actually interesting. So. I hadn't played it since it came out in 2018. And then I started playing it um, about a week ago to kind of get ready for the podcast and stuff to refresh my memory. And so I went back to my old save file just to kind of look at it. And I didn't really remember many of them. I'm like, okay, this is the one I used, but I don't remember changing it up much. 
And now I'm playing it again. And I'm like, why didn't I use this one or that one? Yep. Like there's so many awesome runic attacks. Uh, but I found myself leaning more towards like things where I didn't have to get close to the enemies, which kind of go back to the back, to, uh, back to the combat. Um, in the old God of War games, I would, you know, just I like to run in there and just destroy everything. But with the mm -hmm. axe, I find myself throwing the axe a lot and not going yep. near enemies unless I have to. So I went from a, you know, a brawler like I am in most games to now I'm going to do a range attack. And so I do similar things with my runics. Um, so I believe my favorite one for the, the light runic for the, uh, the axe was the fury of the ice troll. And it kind of just did a sweeping motion and just sent like a, a wave out towards the enemies and mm -hmm. kind of knocked them back. Um, and then kind of different since, uh, I usually do things to keep the enemies away. My actually the heavy one for the axe, I really like the frost giants frenzy. And I think it because it reminded me so much of stuff in the original trilogy, because you kind of just slam your axe down a few times on enemies and it just felt very powerful. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to the blades, I thought I actually like them all. Um, I was going back through it tonight and I'm like, wow, every single one of these is awesome. Like, I want to use them all. So many of the blades ones are stripped right out of the original games. Uh, yeah, and I you know, there's like, I like there's. There's like the X, like I think that was the Wrath of Artemis, where where you know, like like there's just mm -hmm. uh, that was like a combo finisher. Uh, Ryan, did you did you have one for the blades that or ones for the blades that you really like gravitated toward? You know, for the blades, I didn't. Um, no, I, I think I just kind of the the one where it just it just shoots out a beam and mashes it. I, I honestly didn't use that one. I, maybe if I was surrounded, I, I kind of just would pull it out um and maybe it's just this time around i can't remember what i did this time around um I, I i found myself not really needing it and i'm not just saying oh who needs that <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's I just a bloodborne so now i'm better and now i'll just carry this guy and attacks. slash here and there um no you know, honestly <laughs> I, I i didn't have one for the blades this time but i ended up using Probably the first one you get for the axe, the that blinding the light one. No, the blinding light one. I don't know which is that. Was that was the first or the third one or second one, where you could just stun them by with a light beam? Where you mm, just okay. I, I found that one to be very very helpful. It worked. It worked great even against like the trolls. Like it, like I said, if I was getting just overwhelmed by a lot of things, it would push back everybody, which then allowed my allowed me to recruit my. You know, if I was getting hit too hard, I, I could um, recover and. It, it honestly just became my go-to. I, I, I know I looked at all these other options uh, when I would unlock a new one, and I'm just like, uh, like like that, that ice beam one uh, coming out the axe. I'm like, that looks like there's a long charge-up time with that one. I don't want that. I want something quick. I don't want anything mm -hmm. where it has to hold up and charge because I knew that would slow me down from what I was trying to do. And with the ice beam, it's instant. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I don't know. That's, that's why I gravitated to the most. For, for it's this like in, in, mm -hmm. in a pinch, you can use it, but you don't have to. Yeah, you don't mm -hmm. have to wind up. It's quick, and that's what I yeah. wanted. Yeah. And I think there's one for the blades like that too, and I just don't remember quite which one it was. So when I had the axe, I very rarely used the heavy runic attack. So the only one I used was the the one where he like imbues the blade with extra frost, mm -hmm. uh, because it's it was a setup to then 
more hitting with the axe. That was my go-to. I, I, I never really prioritized having the runic attacks. Um, the one thing I did prioritize is that each of them has a rating of like damage, frost, and one other characteristic. I any, Anything that was like a four or five on damage, I leaned toward those right away. Because I was just like, the point is to just take them out as fast as I can. Like, I don't care if it's glamorous or not. I don't care if it's me just slashing with the... Um, with the axe or with throwing from a distance or using some of the other skills because beyond just the runic attacks you know there's 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 quite a bit of customization which we'll get to in a second here the other big thing and we've kind of missed bringing it up so far and you know it was all the memes brought up the fact that uh that that kratos is a dad in this game uh and you brought along your son uh atreus to to uh, be at your side the whole time, and he is it, it, really creative in how they went about utilizing him in combat when you compare it against the first the first games. Because in the first games, you had a you had a bow, but now your son has a bow, and you still had control over him and Kratos at the same time. And I, I, I guess I'm curious as to how you guys, Ryan, I want to start with you. Like, like how did you utilize Atreus in battle? He's also one who could summon um, these ethereal spirits. Um, how, how'd you use Atreus in, in the game? I used to kind of also, like I was just mentioning how I use the runic attacks when in one panic being surrounded too much, um, have him either stun the guys with some arrows or um, he was really helpful for getting people who are above you with the arrows. If you could just look, he was really good at maybe getting someone. I can remember there's a part when you're on the boat and there's a couple um, guys just shooting at you from above where if you just look at him, he can swipe them out with just a quick, quick couple taps, basically, where you don't have to worry about uh, having to throw your axe or trying to line it up with them. I know I, I used his uh, wolf attack a lot. That At first, I, I had the crows is a thing because it was great for just whenever there's a mass and I'm running low on life, I would just hold down the charge attack that he would do. Um, but it was, he was one of those, like when in doubt, you know, smash the, break the glass kind of, uh, guys where like, uh, I'll say this. I like how he was implemented where I didn't have to worry about him. Um, mm-hmm. very much like mm-hmm. Elizabeth in Bioshock infinite where she'll be there. Throw you the ammo. You're running low. Bam, here, check this. Cool, great, thanks. I don't have to worry about you at all. Um, with the exception, there was like one time this time where I think one of the nightmares started pulling him up and he's like calling for you or something to you know, help, help. That's the only time I can ever see, but most of the time he doesn't die at all. Um, he might just get pulled away and I guess he would have to probably redo it. So I, I really, really like that where if it's going to be an escort where I have to have someone with me, I don't want to worry about him in a game. So I really like how he was implemented that way. Yeah. 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 I'd have to agree with that. I was worried like it might be one giant escort mission and those just aren't fun, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was nice that you didn't have to worry about him. I'd say I used him often just with his arrows uh, to get uh, enemy stun meters up or to distract him if an enemy was coming at me and I was, you know, dealing with somebody else, you know, distract him with a shock arrow or something. Um, and I use the wolf summon a lot. And I don't know if I even ever looked at the other summons that he could do the wolf one just looked cool and it attacked enemies so i'm like all right mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with it yeah they, there's some pretty cool ones um i i dug the crows that that was my like i at the end i had the crows maxed out and so it was like 12 crows and they would just 
they would just go everywhere. It was just this, and and I, I like the fact that whatever whatever arrow power you're using would be impacted by the by that charge by that summon. Mm-hmm. There is one that I got really late in the game, and I wanted to try it, but I'm like, Dude, no, like <laughs> not right now. It's a squirrel, and the squirrel will go find consumable items for you. So like health and rage mm-hmm. meter. Um, boosts and things like that so he, he can basically in the middle of a battle call out the squirrel and he'll dig things up for you was, like that's yeah. kind of silly there's some stuff in this game that doesn't take itself too seriously and i think i think that's nice because there's a lot of this game that does get like kind of deep and kind mm-hmm. of like like a, you know on the level of like personal emotional that sort of thing one of the things that we look at uh, here, if if you go to the menu on this game, there's a lot of menus. Uh, <laughs> you can get to the map, which is nice. The map, the map, I felt like did did a pretty nice job. But you you're dealing with a lot of things for for Kratos. We we have um, armor, uh, multiple slots of armor for for Kratos. Atreus has his own armor. Certain armor allows for certain enchantments which you then get throughout your your journey a lot of this comes in through the the shop owners which are which are a pair of dwarves who are brothers brock and sindri who are are <laughs> pretty funny uh I, to me I, I felt like they were pretty good comic relief did, did you guys enjoy those two did you have any um feelings about either of them ryan you're introduced to brock first and uh I mean, it's a, a part where you have to help him across the bridge, right? Because he can't get his mule across the bridge. I think I like Sindri more, even though he's more grossed out by uh, every little thing. I just liked him for how everything everything makes him queasy, I guess. And how yeah. he's this great, you know, weapon remaker. And uh, I guess the brotherly rivalry was, it's nice, basically, because they're always, like, knocking each other's work when they're both these master craftsmen. So if I'm going to knock one thing about this game on this playthrough, I guess I was not a fan of uh, how the armor system works. And, and the fact okay. that um, I hate having reduce, reducing anything. Basically, I wish everything keeps going up. I hate having to balance it out. I, I sure if, I, if I'm going to knock that, I did not like that. Um, it, it's, it's a critique, not a major one, but it's one of those ones where I'm like, always like, if I want armor, why do I want defense coming down? Um, I get it because like it'll boost up your cooldown, or you know, or but to be yeah, like, you can kind of cater your build to different mm-hmm. things. Um, right. But I totally get your point. I yeah, totally so, get your point there. So, so if I was gonna knock one thing, because like I, I really hate. I want to be. <laughs> I don't want to take any damage. At least, <laughs> at least in this game's, you know, where like a couple hits can you know take you out, especially going against a. Like if you're level three and you go against like a level five uh, creature, which happened a couple of times, you get knocked out like in one hit. So it's one of those things for me where I'm like, ah, maybe if I had better armor, but I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I really liked Brock and Sindri. I think Musty pointed out it was good comic relief for how serious of a game this is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I liked them both. Um, I liked how they're so different from each other. You know, Brock's kind of like the tough guy. And uh, Sindri's, like uh, Ryan mentioned, he's kind of the guy who's grossed out by everything. I love, like, when you cut the dragon tooth out and you hand it to him, and he's like, oh, I don't want to touch that. It's like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but I'd also agree, um, I don't love how the armor works either. I would just rather just keep get improving and getting better. 
Um, I mean, it is nice because everyone has different play styles to cater to what you want to do. Uh, but so I was always strength and defense. Like I want to keep those up. I really don't care about the rest as long as my strength and defense stays up. And I honestly, I get kind of overwhelmed by that much customization. You know, I kind of just don't want to have to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think it was done terribly. It's just definitely not my favorite thing in the game. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll want to pile back on on this just a little bit more too because there's something i i, I kind of agree with if you if there's like, one thing we can pile yeah. on about like <laughs> like if, if if you had to pick something we, we might as well hit it because i'm sure if you guys are feeling this way that there are other people who maybe didn't enjoy the game as much as the three of us mm -hmm. um who may feel exactly what you guys are feeling only to a different degree but yeah yeah go go ahead ryan yeah, it was basically strength and defense. That's the the two things like I worried about the most with this game. And maybe it's because of like I said, the difficulty, at least from what I remember the first time and how many how much I died on my first gameplay, mm -hmm. the first playthrough of this game, where I'm like, I, I need to focus on this and there's things on that list for our I wasn't even sh quite sure what they did. And I'm sure I could have looked into it, but I was just not into because I know well, like, what I wanted. There's yeah. luck, there's luck, yeah. vitality, and it's, yeah. The for me, the one biggest thing is I found armor that I loved the look of, but it was not, it was weak in strength and defense, mm -hmm. right? Like, or like some of the top tier stuff, I just, I don't know. I didn't like the plate armor on him. Mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, like I liked like the, the belts and the pauldrons and like the, the, the Drake skin down the arm. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was my look. I like, I feel like uh the armor i i ended up using it was a low level purple armor so like you you've got common rare epic and legendary i think i, mm -hmm. I think that was the scale yeah, i think that's right uh and and so like of course the the higher tier stuff is supposed to be better but uh, to me i just i felt good enough about how i was playing that i felt like i i, I feel like i was hampering myself a bit because i didn't want to wear big shiny plate mm -hmm. armor because that just felt out of character especially when you start getting into like now you level up this armor and now it has two enchantment slots so you got to start figuring out which which ones of those to mm -hmm. go with the logic would say always go with the best thing you've got but some of them are like uh, the benefit to it doesn't help your play style at all right. like there were some where it's like you get a boost of vitality i'm like what I don't even have any points of vitality. Like, what, what, what does this have to do with anything right now? I will say regarding Brock and Sindri, one, one thing that I, I really liked. Every time you would meet them in the as you would progress, there was this moment where they would take the axe and they would improve it, and all they did was hit it with their hammer. <laughs> like, they just tapped it, and then they're like, "Okay, here you go, better." And I, I was like, "That, oh, better, much, much better." It's mm -hmm. like that's that's funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> good job, guys. I did like how the weapon, like especially the the weapons in particular, the axe and the blade, um, changed appearance as you as you leveled it. Like I got more like mm -hmm. gold inlays and things like that, and just that that I think was was fun. But there were some things like once you get like a certain pommel, like you're just not going to change it. Like, mm -hmm. like, why would you ever change off of this one that I got? The levity that, that Brock and Sindri provide are, isn't the only, like, aren't the only great moments in this game. This game is is peppered with all kinds of stuff. And, and, and they bring it to you in a ton of different ways. One of the big things, we've, we've already alluded to this, so maybe let's start with 
boss battles, because that's where we get to meet some of our big antagonists. And Cap, you in particular brought up two, like, two very early boss battles being ones that you really like. Talk about that first fight. You've kind of gotten through your whole like tutorial. You've got kind of a feel for things and you uh, all of a sudden you're back home and somebody's pounding on your door. Right. Yeah. So I just really like that fight because it was kind of like, all right, you've got your little tutorial. Now here, let's throw you to the wolves. Let's see what you can do. And it was such, this game is such a masterpiece in like the graphics and how it looks you know, it almost looks like a movie at sometimes. And so I like how it broke it up. You know, you'd be fighting, but then there'd be a little like kind of cinematic part where you're throwing the stranger across the, the screen or he's hitting you up on top of the roof and stuff. And I guess that was like the first time in the game that really brought me back to how strong Kratos was. You know, I mean, he's a god and he just didn't seem like that at first in this game. But then you're watching him fight the stranger and, you know, they're giving so much punishment. And I think it's towards the end of the first fight with him where like Kratos has got blood all over him. And then all of a sudden he heals and, you know, he looks fine again. It's like, yes, that's that's the Kratos I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that next fight I really liked was the first uh, the fight with the dragons. So you're coming up out of the mines to the, try to get to the top of the mountain. And, you know, this, you see this dragon, you start fighting it, and it just, it had a really strong feel to, like, the Hydra battle in the first God of War, or the Colossus battle in God of War 2. And it was just kind of cool how you had to kind of puzzle it together to know how to to throw the sap when he was blowing his lightning and stuff. And it was just, so, the dragon was so huge, and your Atreus was so amazed that you could take down a dragon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that amazement by Atreus made the moment even better. Well, it, at the beginning of that fight, you like get into its mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you're just like, just <laughs> hitting, hitting the roof of the mouth with your ax. And it's just yep. like, what is oh, it? So cool. Yeah. yeah it's and then, th- then the end when the, the head's falling and Kratos doesn't even move and you just like end mm-hmm. up in his mouth, like, so badass, like nice yeah. Kratos. <laughs> I think it's crazy that with that fight, they show you how to use the sap once. They show you how like the explosion part works, yep. and then they give you one chance to throw it, and then you're into the battle. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like here you go. You just <laughs> learned a thing. Let's let's go. Yep. Ryan, did did you have any other boss battles that you really liked? I would say probably the last. Uh fight with Balder might be okay. my favorite um and that has to do with the switching uh one, one of the things the game does is your weapons will have effects on some some your axe won't work on some enemies like your axe won't work on ice enemies well you'll have to resort to uh throwing it aside and just using your hands as an option until you get the blades and then the blades work great uh, so in that final boss battle, it's one of those moments where he's switching back and forth. Balder is switching back and forth between kind of a an ice version of himself and a fire version of himself where you have to keep adjusting your blades. Um, and I really like that where I, I, I think what is is I was so comfortable what I knew I was doing um, that I really enjoyed it where um, I was even using Atreus to stun him. I was switching my arrows to stun him when he's making his attack um, where I could then uh, either if, if I missed, missed something like that, I could counter him with the parry. Um, so it, I, I don't want to say it was a cakewalk this time through, but it was much easier playthrough. where I remember the first time when he shows up at the door, I died like 10 times. 
like trying to figure out how to fight him. And then eventually it's the Spartan rage kicks in and all goes nice and easy. But by this time, the second playthrough, that final boss battle, I had a really good time just because I, I guess I just really like switching between my weapons to counter his switch. So I would say the final boss battle. Final um, boss? Yeah, it was my favorite. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. There, there's some moments, especially like in the, um, the culmination of that. Uh, I, I won't go into detail as far as like, who's doing it but there's some there's some big set piece kind of stuff happening uh which is just just wicked uh a little bit of a i want to say almost made a little bit of an homage maybe to the second game at least with the the titans how they were i I, I can't remember stuff like that so yeah 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 uh for me i think if i had to pick one one boss fight it's it's a dual boss fight with the two sons of thor magni and mo mo modi modi all the comments they make like (laughs) they deserved every bit of what they got (laughs) for the things that they were saying Mm -hmm. um the fight was cool though because it was the first time that you really had to like you can crowd control a bunch of draugr or Mm -hmm. you know like i mean you can but but these two there was something about how they fought that was just different enough and then there would be these moments where where they they cause the entire room to just become fog filled, and you have to guard Atreus and be aware of where their attacks are coming from, which is just kind of a I mean, it's a glorified quick time event. But it was still like it, it it was a cool thing to kind of throw into the mix. And and if you failed at it, you failed hard. Like it, it was mm-hmm. it was not not so good. But there's some big implications that come out of both of those fights. Or well out of that fight. Uh and then there's later things that, that involve involve the um the other brother as well. Did you have a strategy for attacking one of the two brothers? Because you have to go at them at the same time or um, did you find one of them easier? Because I did. There's one so, one of them I found way more difficult to fight than the other one. So I, I kind of want to hear what your, your thoughts are because that was mm, your go-to fight. That's interesting. I felt like the bigger brother was more assertive. That's Mag- Magni, I think. Yes. Yeah. He was far more aggressive. I found dodging him while having Atreus fire arrows just just keep keep going. If, if there's an arrow there to fire, fire it, right? Just Just keep going that was kind of how i did it this time is i i I would just dodge and dodge and then attack from there was that was that your experience or did you have did you yeah i'd say meg magni right that's magni yeah um i found him to be easier even though he's the one i think it probably unleashes more damage i found Mm -hmm. him to be easier because there was no shield anytime there's a character with a shield in this game I had a, I, I want to say I had a harder time trying to strike damage. Not just saying because the other brother um, has a big shield. I had a hard time. I want to say, a, I, and I, I remember I had a hard time with him the first time playing too. Where that's why I kind of remembered. Let's knock out the 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 bigger brother first because he just he's got no way to protect himself. He's just gonna be trying to hit you. So you just gotta try to counter. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I, you can. I don't think you can, you can parry him. I think you just you just gotta dodge. Out of all of his attacks and just unleash on him. Um, yeah, shielded shielded enemies in general were kind of annoying. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 funny because this like Bloodborne before it, right? Like you get hit with something enough times, you start to figure out a way to to counter it. And and mm-hmm. the shielded guys, if you double tap R one, he sma- he does a shield bash. Um, 
Kratos does. And that'll automatically like wipe out shield defense or like it'll, it'll open him up. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> figure it out until well after that point in the, in the game. But yeah, if, if you've got anyone with a shield, shield bash opens, uh, or at least gives you a moment. Not all the big moments in this game are, uh, are necessarily combat related. One of the things that this game does that kind of mirrors some other Sony first party games uh, over the last 10 years has been uh, a lot of traversal stuff. Uncharted did it, then Tomb Raider did it, then Uncharted did it some more, and now and now God of War was doing it. Um, and so you would you would have a lot of climbing moments. There was one uh, that I really enjoyed early on, where you need to get a piece of the giant's chisel so that you can break through these these locks that are on the on these doors. You have to use a giant statue of Thor's hammer to break the ice to get under, and the whole thing is you climbing up this this, and you have little moments of fights, but then you've got moments where you're you're you've got uh, Atreus like hanging on your back and then like there's moments where he's getting thrown and you're just like grabbing him at the last possible moment and like like there's some stuff in that where just like you hear the joy in atreus's voice because he's having fun doing that i don't know that it, it made that moment stick out to me the only other moment i can kind of relate to that maybe is the one where you're fighting balder on a dragon uh and you basically just kind of cut it apart mm. um mm-hmm. as as you know it comes back gliding down um, poor dragon. Yeah. Did you go back to the dragon after? Did you? No. Find the... Yeah. I... So you, you can you can come across the crashed body of the dragon. Yeah, it's that was uh, cool. it's it's over by the world serpent, who we so, haven't even talked about yet. I, I guess I can mention one of my favorite moments in this game is the uh, reveal of the blades. Um, because to me, mm-hmm. that was that was like the aha moment for me for this game. Um, where I'm like the entire time I'm playing, and I mentioned this earlier that. You, you have the axe, and I was like, yeah, it's good. I just wish I had the blades. And then mm-hmm. it comes to a moment where something happens, and basically tell you, your weapon is not going to work at all. Where you're going, you need to find something else, because that axe is going to be worthless. Uh, and then, basically, they say, alright, well, you gotta go back home. And then, eventually, once he peels back the board, I'm like, oh, alright, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted the whole time. And then they just dump a horde on you, of guys and you're just unleashing with the blades just taking out these giant hordes i'm like this is exactly what mm-hmm. i've been wanting it was just one of those moments where i was just like it was it was the aha moment for me i'm like now now let's go you know it's kind of for me and so to me like yeah. that was the moment the, the the switch being turned for me in the game where i'm like let's go so yeah yeah i'm gonna echo that uh that's my favorite moment as well uh, being such a huge fan of the original trilogy like i even from the beginning when Kratos is wrapping his arms back up and you see it's like, ah, oh, the blades are gone. So obviously there's, there's an injury there. It's like, I'm, I just missed the blades. You know, it's, I'm so used to them. And so when, when they say that you need a different weapon and like, yep, he's getting the blades. And it was so cool. <laughs> he, those, those enemies come and you just destroy them. Like this feels like God of War now. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though I loved the game, I think I was, they changed the actor who played Kratos because they did so much motion cap. And the original voice actor wasn't big enough for this. And so I think even to this day, the voice kind of bothers me about the new Kratos. He just, there's something about it. It's not, it doesn't seem like the regular Kratos. Like I wish they could have done the original voice actor. 
And so when you brought the blades in, I'm like, okay, now it's feeling a little bit more like Kratos. And so it was, I, if I didn't have to use the ax because of certain enemies needed it, I stuck with the blades pretty much the entire time. Once I got them. Same. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you brought up, you, you enjoyed being at range and the blades gave Mm -hmm. more of that. Um, So that I, yeah, I, Totally, totally catering toward your your play style. Mm. How they kept that a secret, like that is right. that is one of the most yep. amazing things about this is that is that they they demoed that they did a, that huge demo, and everyone was like, "Where's the blades? Where's the blades?" Mm. Nobody leaked it, and then even yeah. for like that first like month, nobody wanted to talk about it. And it, it, and I, I even remember seeing tweets. It was like, "If you know about the thing." Don't talk about the thing mm-hmm. um, like and it still to this point blows my mind that there are people who don't enjoy this game that I don't know what they even got there. Mm-hmm. Right. And that saddens me, saddens mm-hmm. me that such that, a huge moment. It's so yeah. big. It's it, it. It is that grounding moment for for uh, for everyone who's who loved the original games. If you're if you weren't enjoying the first however many hours, I felt like that moment that the whole boat ride set up like you knew yeah like like you said you knew it was coming because you got in this boat and all of a sudden you know every time you've been on the boat before you're actively paddling you're actively Mm -hmm. paddling and the moment you get in the boat this lightning strike happens and the sky darkens uh, and you now are just floating and there's animals Mm -hmm. And this beautiful, honestly, the, the boat was gorgeous, like all the fl- the flowers on it and everything. But everything else is like darkening and turning, like the sky is turning red. And um, and then Athena shows up in the boat, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like I know you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even just the exchange between the two of them as he's as he's rewrapping the chains around his arms, like I was like, oh, that's. That's too cool. Like yep, they, they did it perfectly. Oh, it was, it was yeah. And he just walks through her, and then here's mm-hmm. all these reavers coming, and it's just like, let's go. Let's yeah, go. That may be my favorite moment in video games ever. Really? Yeah, it's just I, so cool. I can't, I can't blame you. That that whole stretch is is masterfully done. Mm-hmm. Masterfully done. Um, I also liked in that moment. We haven't brought up Mimir yet. As a, as a character, I, I think we might when we talk about some of the other quiet moments here. But when you were fighting normally uh, with Atreus at your side, he would sometimes call out when there are enemies coming that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, look out, look out, like that kind of thing. During that moment, Mimir's with you. He does it. Uh, and he calls out. Yeah, so, so the fact that the camera is so closed in... Uh, mm-hmm. is kind of compensated for by having a character who's going to give you a bit of a heads up. It right. reminds me of Hellblade, which came out with six months to a year before this. Um, it reminded me of moments in Hellblade because of similar aspects that were kind of alerting you to mm-hmm. threats um, that you couldn't see necessarily. So one of the big, the big things, one of the big kind of world impacting characters but also just kind of mechanics that that happens is that uh in nordic lore um there is the world serpent who is uh this massive 
serpent that uh, is supposed to battle Thor to uh, as part of Ragnarok. Um, now he, uh, you don't realize it at the time, but you're you're sent to go uh, to this giant lake, and it's just this wide open lake with some some things poking out, uh, statues and things like that, just kind of breaking the surface. And you you then uh, you read something that says you know. I think it says like throw down your arms or something like that. Uh, and you launch your axe and suddenly from under the water comes this world serpent. And he's, uh, he's just so massive. Mm -hmm. Like the sense of scale on him is, is like, it, it, it gets almost scary. The first moment that you really get him because he gets in like super close. And it's like just the, the way he fills the screen and then the booming voice uh, is just really cool. But then as he lifts himself out of the water, the water drops. And then suddenly you have access to some new areas. And this happens This happens uh, at least one other time. And it, it's a really smart way to take an open world. And instead of just saying, here's a new area, which they still do that in this game. But it's like, here's the area you had. And here's even more to it. Um, like mm -hmm. if you look at a GTA game, it's like you did all you could do in uh, in this area. So now here the bridges are open. Now you can go over there. But in, it, this is this is almost like oh you know what there's an, now there's an entire entire underworld that you can go do in the same space plus these other areas too. And I just thought that was a really nice way of integrating him and the fact that he like every time you come out of a gate from another area back to this main hub Midgard area, he's there. He's just chilling. Mm -hmm. He's just chilling in the back. <laughs> and he's huge. And I, I, I don't know. I really like the World Serpent, even though I realize that he is the cause of, of potential. Uh, like, if you, if you really read into the, the mythology behind it, like, it's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. Well, I, the game kind of... It flips what you know, basically, kind of probably what I know of, at least with the history, right? Where uh, Odin and Thor and every one of these um, is it Norwegian or Nordic gods, um, mm -hmm. Nordic gods. You know, they're always seen as kind of like the heroes of this, of you know, this world. And now, because you're against them, they're seen as the villains. And uh, it, you know, granted, you don't see them in this game, but it's always presented to you. Where like, and it, I mean, it's just you know, that's the story basically of everyone's story, someone else's enemy. So, mm -hmm. um, so like, he comes off as friendly in the the world serpent. Is comes off as completely friendly, or at least a friend to you in this game. But mm -hmm. We're, we'll see, we'll see what what happens there. Um, just the beginning of one another trilogy, mm -hmm. right? So right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I I really like the mythology. I already mentioned like I like the Greek mythology. That's what got me into the original series. And other than like watching Marvel movies, like the Thor movies, and like knowing a little bit about Norse mythology, I didn't know a ton. And so it was really cool, like going around seeing the lore markers and learning more about it. Um, and I really like how it mirrored the original trilogy of in that one, the gods aren't that great either. And then so here, same thing. Odin doesn't seem like that great of a guy. Um, and so it was really interesting. Another callback to the original games. As for the world serpent, I agree. 
I'm someone who doesn't love open world games. I get kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, there's a side quest here. There's a side quest here, but here's the main quest. And I never want to finish a main quest until all the side quests are done. So I never know, like, where do I want to go? Plus, in this game, you could end up in an area you don't belong yet, and you'll just get destroyed by an enemy. You know, you'll walk up and you see the purple bar for their health. I'm like, okay, I should not be here. And uh, so I just got destroyed sometimes. And uh, so it was kind of nice that it kind of opened slowly when the, the serp- serpent would move and stuff. So I really like that. I um, mean, you brought up Mimir. He's, he's probably one of my favorite characters. Uh, just all the little stories he has as you're, as you're paddling around the lake and stuff. And uh, he, he was really funny. Sometimes storytelling is done through like weirdly unconventional means. Um, I like the fact that he's this, he's this individual who has this full knowledge uh, and then, but he's been locked in a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need to, so you've got to, uh, you know, get him off that tree. Uh, but like the animation. So not, not to put too fine a point on it. Mimir is a dismembered head that speaks and he sits on Kratos's hip for the entirety of the games from the moment that you get him. Um, but isn't he's he, isn't he like the eyes the eyes of for Froden or he was oh, yeah. yes yes yeah. Yeah, yeah he was he was like an advisor to Odin and then they, it's one of the stories that that Mimir talks about um, how Freya and Odin got married because he told he said it could be a good idea. Because Odin was the Aesir, and then I think Frey was the Vanir, and mm-hmm. they were kind of all always at war. And so he's like, "Well, we need to end this and put them together." And so, um, because that didn't end well, uh, that marriage, um, he put him in the tree, and you couldn't get him out unless you uh, took his head off, and then found a way to reanimate him. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It, it it was really cool. So the animation I was going to talk about is when you get into the boat. He Kratos like because because Atreus hops in the boat in front of you and you you get into the back part. <laughs> Kratos takes Mimir and lobs him to Atreus, who catches him and puts him down. Just sits him down on his stump of a neck and sits him down on the chair uh, on the uh, little bench in the in that canoe. <laughs> it's just and he just sits there and and then they're just talking. Um, some of the stories there are are just great there's some there's some really funny moments um especially early when like kratos is like trying to tell like fairy tales and he's just not very good at it (laughs) um there's some other ones that uh i'm trying to see if i can find the actual words for it but um what i what i would say if 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 any of you uh who haven't had a chance to play it like take your time Mm -hmm. like if especially it's they do a really elegant way of like breaking things up. Like if you're if you're going to if you're at a dock and you dock, like they'll just say, "Hey, we'll we'll pick that up later." And then they do a nice job of like re-onboarding you the next mm-hmm. time you get in and be like, "Oh yeah, can you tell me more about so and so?" And it's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, we were talking about that." So you kind well, of have this like ongoing uh, bedtime stories kind of thing happening mm-hmm. as as you're going around, but but take the time take the time to explore and just listen like it's so much yeah you know, one of my favorite mamir moments because he's the guy who knows like everything um 
is is where they're asking like what's Balder's weakness because Balder Balder can't be hurt. Um, he, that's you know and they're like well everyone Kratos keeps even saying it's like everyone has a weakness. You just, mm-hmm. We just got to find it. Um, and they ask him and he's like, well he he can't be hurt but he's got a weakness and they're like well what is it and he's like well, I can't recall. And they're like, but he has a weakness. Oh, yeah, he has a weakness. And they keep asking. He keeps repeating himself. And they're like, wait a minute. He's got a... And I think they come to the conclusion that that he has a spell on him to not give out the weakness, basically. And he's like... And that is one of my favorite moments because it's just like a loop. And they're like, I think Kratos then puts it together. He's like, you must have a spell on you. That, you know, for some reason, you... You know it, but you don't remember it. So mm-hmm. uh, it's one of my favorite moments where it's just a loop. And he's like, I can't recall. I can't yeah. recall. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever find yourself like you were you're going to a destination, continuing the story or whatever, and and Mimir's in the middle of a story, so you just don't get out of the boat until the story's finished? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have. You just yeah. have to like, wait no, right I, at that I, spot. I, well, you know, yep, the story's coming like, to an end, too, right? It. Yeah, I think that's what depends how far in the story I am, basically. Like, if you just started and I just want to cross like one mm-hmm. lake or something like that, just because I was trying to get like a chest I saw or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would just get the chest, but if I knew he was wrapping up a story, I, I think I would even just swim in a loop for a second there too. So, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's he is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would encourage, encourage you to let those moments happen when those moments are are going on because um, the script writing in this just is is extremely well done, and like you know, mm-hmm. every moment of interaction between characters uh and and the portrayals and the voice acting and like all of that is just top notch mm-hmm. um yeah um let's see there's more to there, there's more going on though obviously there's there's plenty of stuff you said it's open world mm-hmm. there's a ton of collectibles for those who are interested in that except for those damn ravens uh, <laughs> oh they're the worst oh like i you know those are those ones where it, I, it reminds me of GTA 4's pigeons. Um, We're referring to the eyes of Odin, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's 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 birds that are flying around, but then there's these birds that are like spectral and they're green uh, that are effectively Odin's eyes throughout the throughout the world, and you have to destroy them. Um, and there's fifty one of them, and they aren't marked on the map. Uh, you kind of have to. So part of it's like, if you're going to do it, you should probably just get a walkthrough. But then you should just make sure that you're following the birds walkthrough from the beginning. Because if you try to like go back and retrace your steps and be like, did I get that one? Did I not get that one? Mm-hmm. You're just going to end up rewalking the entire game again. <laughs> um, and if you want the platinum, you're going to have to do it. But uh, And I'm not even sure what the reward is for for it i'm sure it's i'm sure it's potentially worthwhile uh it may just be an enchantment or something but there are other side quests though that i would i would say are Mm -hmm. are worthy do you guys want to want to touch base on some of the some of the stuff that like maybe you don't have to do but you probably should yeah uh definitely the valkyries um now i'm going to be honest i usually compete complete games if I play them, I have yet to complete God of War, even going back to the 2018 playthrough. It just, it was such a long game compared to the other games that I wanted to move on to something else, even though I loved it. So I'm hoping this playthrough, I'll actually complete everything. But I like the Valkyries because 
it's it's the biggest test of your abilities and how well you know how to fight. You know, everything else you can kind of you can figure out pretty easily, but some of the Valkyrie fights, like they test you. You know, mm -hmm. you'll die and die and die, and they have such big health bars, and it just takes a while to take them down. But it's so worth it when you learn their patterns and how to parry them and stuff. Like it's it's a very they're very fun fights when you learn how to do them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And 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 some of them have aspects that like carry throughout all of them. Like it was almost like these are Valkyrie techniques that are taught mm -hmm. through through all of them. But like some of them throw a wrench in into those plans and do something entirely different. And it's yeah, it's just mm -hmm. uh if you like Souls games and you don't take the time to fight all the all the Valkyries, you are missing out. We'll say that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely missing out. Um yeah, there was one. I mentioned there's there's one that has a smaller arena and she has um, unblockable attacks and she's the one who has like she puts up a big shield you hit her once her her wings come out in front of her you've got to break that to get it to get attacks in with her and it's just um, it's a really tough fight it was the biggest <laughs> challenge that I that I had had um, in this playthrough now I will say. If you want the platinum, play it on easy. <laughs> <laughs> because the everything as far as trophies is not difficulty based. There's no like beat it on on uh you know easy mode and then and then hard mode and then ultra hard mode or new game plus like that they added in after the fact. There's some other things, uh there's some Missions that you can get from Brock and Sindri that are kind of nice exploration things um, that end up giving you, again, some some pretty decent spoils. Mm -hmm. um, did you guys have favorite ones of those? Or you guys have mission, mentioned favors uh, in, in, in our notes here. Yeah, um, I don't know about Brock and Sindri, but I liked when you found the lost souls around the lake. Um, mm -hmm. just because, you know, they're dead bodies right there. And then you see the spirit just sitting there and just kind of learning about them and what happened. And like, there was a betrayal and stuff. There's a mutiny, you know, a son killed his own father, but then it was kind of cool because you kill, you kill his son and, uh, Kratos warns a trace. He's like, he's not going to be happy, you know, because even though he betrayed him, it's still his son. And so it was just, it was just interesting storytelling and, you know, it's just learning more about what's going on in, in Midgard and stuff. Yeah. It brings, it brings more life to it. Like mm -hmm. there's so many little, little pathways and things like just, uh, you know, and they've got to put, they've got to put that, uh, that piece of cheese at the end, right? Like there's got to be that thing, the thing that gets you there, uh, you know, and, and, and it's just, yeah, I, I, the one that I did, uh, there was a, man whose wife had been killed and they like took her remains and like spread them around. So you had to go find like three different spots where you would get a pickup. And one was like her hand and one of them was like her skull. And you end up bringing her back. Um, and the, the whole promise this whole time is that, is that uh, there was magic that could, that could reanimate her and therefore, mm -hmm. if we could reanimate her, then maybe they could reanimate um, Atreus's mother. Um, and so it was like, oh, okay, well, sure, let's try this. And then she ends up being this like hyper powered re remnant 
revenant i think they were called they were like the yep. the witch ladies with the big the big canes who would like do these like poison attacks on you and so all of a sudden you go from like yeah we did this good thing it's like oh no we're fighting uh, <laughs> yeah. again just fun little things there ryan did you write down this easter egg yeah i did uh because it's something i discovered like a week ago i still haven't done it because um, like I said, I was just kind of making my way through the game this time. But it, when I was stumbling on, I think I was stuck on a, no, what it was is I was going to try to do uh, a favor for, um, sorry, I'm slipping on the other, not Boulder, but the other, uh, Sindri. Sindri asks you to get like a whetstone. Uh, mm -hmm. He keeps saying, um, and when I was looking, I was like, you know what, maybe I will do this here. And I stumbled upon this on accident uh, about, there's a Easter egg to the Infinity Gauntlet um, in this game. And I didn't know about it until, like I said, about a week ago. Um, and you look it up and it, you have to do a bunch of side quests where you find the broken gauntlet. And then there are um, six enchantments that go with it. Uh, I think you can only wear three, but you can mix them in and out. But essentially, yeah, it's I think it's the most powerful weapon in the game, too. It's the gauntlet he puts on his hand. I I don't know, it's not a video show here, basically, but I, I, if I could show you, I would show you. But it, it looks pretty neat because there's there's, and there's one that relates to the Soul Stone, Reality Stone, Space Stone, Mind Stone, Power Stone, and Time Stone. Uh, most of them are, are rewards for beating Valkyries, um, but one of them you get from uh, from Brock uh, for doing a, uh, a, a quest for him, basically. So it's kind of I'll like... I'll need to look into that. That's, yeah. that's yeah, crazy. I, think, I didn't know about that one either, so... So yeah, I stumbled upon it on accident, and I, and I I had to mention it because like it it looks fascinating to me. It's it's just one of those things where I'm like, that's something now I kind of want to go back to try to get. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's really cool. All right, so do you guys have I I have one more favorite moment that that ties to the story. Do you, do you guys have others that that you want to touch on? Because there's kind of this like there's this one overarching narrative that we've we've kind of alluded to aspects of the narrative, but we really haven't hit it too much um, because the narrative is really good, uh, and I and I want to encourage people to go play it and you know talk to us about how much they enjoyed it. Um, but there's a there's a part of the narrative. One of the big things is Kratos doesn't want to share his history. Like he's afraid of his history with with his son, and uh, justifiably so. Uh, he sees the cycle that that happens um, with with gods. Like he's, he knows from his own history that like there's there's not exactly isn't there's not exactly a happy ending uh, for for gods, and so he just doesn't want to tell him. But at, at one point, he basically makes the decision to do that and he, he he informs atreus of of his lineage uh and atreus turns into like i'm gonna use some strong words right here i hate atreus during this section of this yeah during this section mm -hmm. he just turns into a brat mm -hmm. and a an overconfident uh just Oh, we we're gods. We can do whatever we can do whatever we want. And I was just like, are you like? And it gets to the point, and whoever in the design lab that said we should do this 
is a genius because this whole time you've had control over Atreus. You've been like, okay, I need an arrow. Fire the arrow. Uh, or like, you know, like I need it. He was always there when I needed him. During this stretch, he does not respond to button presses. He does whatever he wants, even if it keeps you from getting the arrow when you need the arrow. Like it, they managed to fit the story into the combat in this stretch. If you, if you didn't notice it, try try that stretch again. Even though I, like, it's just so frustrating. Oh, it's, he, he he just turns into this. He turns into this cocky prick, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't <laughs> like it. Um, you know th- th- that moment, though. I, I mean, I'm not a father, but I, I could see it with my nephew. I like my 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 ten year old nephew. Like he, let's say, like there's, I don't say he's cocky moments, but the brat moments. Where I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna yell at him or something like that. But there's, I can recall maybe there's a moment or two, and Kratos has it with him revolving his mother. Um, you know, I. I don't see like it was moments like that for my childhood, but there's definitely a moment where it's a father son moment, basically where, you know, uh, I don't say gives them the, uh, the voice of God, basically kind of moment, basically where it's one of those moments where in the game where he's like, he's like, you will not talk about your, I will not let you talk about your mother that way. Or so it's kind of one of those moments, right. Um, when he's being a brat where I think he's asking to hold, um the, the mother's ashes and he's like you are not worthy of you know doing that stuff and he's sure. like i will not and i was, mm-hmm. I was like basically kind of those moments where he, you know you know i don't want to say puts but gives him the business but it's definitely one of those moments where i was like yeah i remember my father had a moment or two with me growing up as a kid so i i think it's just moments like that where, where you're right where i i can't stand him because he's being a brat but i i i get moments basically flashbacks from it's from so my real brother. it's such it a real it's yeah. there's some real emotions that come mm-hmm. out in this game that they don't you don't get with a male protagonist that often mm-hmm. and i think that's some of what makes this game special mm-hmm. it's not perfect and i and and i know that there are people like i'm you know, I, I know there are people who will take those words that I just said and 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 take them out of context a little bit, but but there's there's moments and like you said, like as a father of a young of a young boy, like <laughs> like there's stuff I already see like little mm-hmm. nuggets of things that happen in that in that back and forth where I'm just like. I don't know if this is Corey Barlog taking something out of his own life and like reflecting it in the game. Uh, if it is like, like it's a great way to, to portray that relationship. And I, I, yeah, like there's, there's a moment, there's a line where, where, where uh, Atreus says that uh, he accuses Kratos of not caring about mom. And he tells him that, you know, uh, mind your tongue until our journey is complete. One of us must remain focused. Don't mistake my silence for lack of grief. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like, like you got to be this rock solid. You, you you go from being the guy who's not around that often <laughs> to now being it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going on this mission. Like, like it's just, it's so cool. And I, I again, I don't want to go through the process of like breaking out every little piece but there's some like really personal, like heartfelt moments. Mm-hmm. I thought because Atreus is kind of like always seems afraid of Kratos during the entire game, you know, and then he learns he's a god and he kind of gets becomes a brat and stuff. And I was kind of always wondering, like, why didn't Kratos like stop that sooner? 
you know, kind of like put the fear of God into him a little bit. And I kind of equate it to, you know, in the original trilogy, Kratos was kind of like that. You know, think about all the stuff mm-hmm. he said to Athena and to the gods like, no, I will do this. You can't stop me. You know, no one can stop me. And so now Atreus is kind of that cocky guy now. But Kratos is older and stuff and he's wiser and he's like, OK, like you can't, you know. So I thought it was interesting that he was kind of letting Atreus make some mistakes and hopefully realize, OK, I can't quite do everything I want just because I'm a part god. Uh, but I also really love how they took Kratos, who was a super aggressive, assertive guy in the original trilogy, and how much they made him a, a full character with emotions. And, he, you, you know, you can tell he cares. And you didn't really see that in the original trilogy. And so I, it, it was really interesting how they did that. I didn't know if they'd be able to since Kratos was so full of rage. and But they really did a really nice job with it. And it goes back to how good of a of a narrative this is and how how well it was written yeah i i agree well let's let's roll in there's there's i want to give you guys an opportunity to kind of give your own kind of last thoughts on the game uh and maybe some suggestions if there's people who are like well maybe maybe i should play maybe not like if you want to kind of appeal to those people um who might be on the fence or, or any other like last thoughts you want to have. I do want to then hit with some comments from our own community, which uh, I have a number of them, which I was actually really pleased at the kind of response we got to that this month. So um, Ryan, I want to go to you first uh, with your kind of go ahead and tie a bow on, on, on some of this. Sure. And it's like I said, um, I know I've said this earlier, but up until this point, like, I don't know if I like this one the, the most. It was one of those ones where I, I thought it was a really, really good game. But after replaying it the second time through, I really enjoy this game where at first, like, I wouldn't even know if this would be my top five for the PS4. And it's probably number two now after after replaying it for the second time. Um, there's things that when I, I even remember, uh, I, I have at least one, maybe two friends um, locally who were not fans of the original god of war series and i've always been like oh god of war is a great franchise and um at least one of them at least would say that kratos is completely unlikable and that was one of the main reasons why they could not get into the game they said he was an unlikable character and why would i want to play like this um and to me i'm like i don't and they're, they're big fans of dark souls games too uh to be uh uh you know so i i remember after beating this game back in 2018 i was like maybe you should play this one. I, you know, I, I, I know you're a big fan of souls and you always say Kratos is a terrible character, you know, for who he is. So I, I don't know if I, I tried selling it to the guy, but like, I, I think he's been burned. So I don't know if he's ever, he's ever gone back to play it or whatnot, but it's one of those moments where I'm like, eh, maybe this is for you. Um, but I just want to mention one final thing because this was something uh, revealed to me probably a year after I beat this game, um, there's a moment after the credits where you're supposed to go back to your house. And I didn't like if Atreus told me I missed it the first time through because I was, I think, determined that I was going to go hunt Valkyrie after the game where I was like, all right, well, now this is all done. And that's kind of where it is. You get the credits and basically you're like, you can go anywhere you want. All right, cool. So I didn't even think about going back to my house. So I think after, you know, beating a couple of Valkyries, I kind of just like moved on to a ne- another game as opposed to like completing it. Um, so going back to the house was not on my head. And then a buddy of mine uh, uh, who um, he, 
I would say he's not the most active gamer. He's the one who told me about it. He he's like he beat the game. He's like, did you ever go back to the house? I'm like, yeah, no, I I, I didn't. And he's like, uh, blank happens. I'm like, what? Uh, so sure enough, like after continuing with him, I went straight to YouTube to see it. But I recommend doing it for yourself. Uh, it's a it's kind of a a nice post credit scene basically for the game. So if I can mention one thing, um, do that. So, so yeah. reminder, yeah, go reminder. home, go home, just stop home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yep. go home. It's worth noting that it doesn't end your playthrough. Like, like the, the moment that we're talking about isn't like the end cap. Like you can still do all of your open world after the, after the, the journey is done type of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I would just have to say, um, if you didn't like previous God of Wars, definitely give this one a chance. People always ask me, where would I rank this in the God of War, War games? Because it's my favorite series. And I always refuse to do it because it is so different than the other games in the series. You know, I kind of, I'm assuming they're going to make this a trilogy. And I'm like, they, they're just separate to me. They're too different. Even though there's some similarities, it's too different. But how with how well this game is written and the the little moments here and there, if you knew the God of War series, all the little nuggets that are sprinkled in that kind of um, show up, pay homage to that series is really cool. And it's just it's a beautiful game and you just got to give it a shot. You know, I always say don't listen to reviews and stuff. You got to make your own opinion on a game. So I would say just try it. Take your time. Try it. If it's not for you, fine, but give it a shot. And I would really recommend, uh, so uh, the second playthrough, I've been playing with headphones, where previously I just used the TV, and it's really helped the experiment experience. We talked about the the ravens you have to kill of Odin and how annoying they are to find. But now with the headphones, you can kind of hear where they're from. Like, are they to the right of me, to the left of me? Are they behind me? So that really helped. And I had to do that because I got two young kids and I didn't want to wake them up with, you know, Kratos yelling and destroying enemies. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try headphones. And it's a really cool experience. Even if you have a perception of the original trilogy, like this, this game goes places that that one never could. And at the same time, I can't wait to see what what's coming. Um, they, I, I think they've set up this this world to be so unique. There are there are areas in this. You have this kind of realm traveling mechanic, and there's there's sections of that that you cannot even access. Like they're there, the gates there for it, but you can't go there. I'm very intrigued to see how they go about weaving this into uh, the upcoming. It's hard to call it a sequel, right? It's the it's the fifth game, but yeah, the the second game in this kind of new version of of God of War. It is among my favorite PlayStation Four games. It may be at the top of game of the generation for me um, at this moment, but it, it was it was my favorite thing I played in 2018, and I couldn't recommend it more highly to to anybody. So play it, play it, take your time, play it. I mentioned before, we, we had some comments from our community. I, I did want to mention the club's uh, Discord, which you can find a link uh, in the, the podcast description here. But we uh, have had a, a nice little bump in uh, in people joining us uh, to kind of talk about the game of the month. 
So I wanted to give a special shout out to a couple of new members. One of them is uh, Brando Beard, uh, Isma, and Sir Flynn One. Uh, thank you for joining us for this, and I hope that you have enjoyed your first little stretch of time with us. Uh, on that Discord, also there was some supplemental material that uh, Dean from Round Two Gaming had uh, identified, and I would encourage you to go check those out. Uh, there is a documentary uh, called Raising Kratos. Uh, which is quite good. Uh, there's also a video featuring the motion capture for Kratos done by Eric Jacobus, who's the the actor. And it kind of tells some of the story about how they ended up tabbing him to do uh, Kratos's motion capture. Really cool. Like a very short video, but, but definitely go check that out as well. But we asked the community to say, hey, did you play along? If you did, what'd you think? And so uh, we have a few comments here, which I'll read through. Uh, one from Isma, uh, who said, uh, they didn't finish the game yet, but they're almost finished. And they want to say it looks phenomenal. I played old God of War on my PS2, uh, but this one uh, marked me, he says. Uh, the relationship between father and son, the story is so well written. The soundtrack throughout the game was amazing too. And uh, last but not least, the camera that just keeps you immersed in the whole thing. Love the combat and the challenges. Excellent game, boy, he says. Round two gaming, Dean, says, uh, this was my game of the year in 2018. Enjoyed the original God of War games, solid sevens and eights. This one, though, was an easy 10. Playing through a second time, I stand by that score, he says. How can you take such a one-dimensional character like Kratos, who's been established as the epitome of anger in the past installments and convincingly give him an emotional arc that resonates to the player it's amazing. Mix that with an epic soundtrack, gorgeous visuals, talented voice acting, and quite possibly my favorite melee weapon in any game. And that to him is a masterpiece. So it sounds like sounds like Dean maybe liked the axe. It's a real like myth there. <laughs> uh, we have Bard Snuggle Bard Snagglebug. You gotta get that right. I don't know, snug Snugglebug. Uh, <laughs> He says, uh, a character mechanically deep in the original games in an adventure that forces the character to turn inwards without ever lessening the mechanics at play. It truly is what a sequel can be if taken care. Uh, we also had Playa's Guide, who says this was his first entry into the series, and it was an immersive experience from the gorgeous scenery to the ongoing stories told by Kratos and Mimir. Uh, the game required no pre-existing knowledge or experience of the previous games, but it did grab his interest, and he's going to go check those out. Good choice. Uh, everything was right. Everything was right about this game, and extremely well balanced from the tone and music, the control and cuts, and the right amount of difficulty in combat and puzzles. Perfect progression. Uh, and then we also called out on Twitter for a couple others. Uh, we had Chase Mad Gamer at Chase Mad Gamer. I love how the story develops between the father and son. The graphics are amazing, and some of the monsters are hair-ripping, LOL, he says. Uh, and then we had one last one from MB underscore Proxima. He said, I really like it. Looks great. Gameplay is enjoyable. Great mix of puzzles and hack and slash. Loyal to the original PS2 games while mixing it up and bringing something new. A fantastic game. I'll be playing it into the new year probably as gaming time is very limited. Haha. <laughs> So thank you uh, for your comments there. We did put one last poll out, though. We asked, where does this God of, where does God of War 2018 rank for you? Uh, and an overwhelming 53% of people uh, called it a masterpiece. Another 26% said, pretty damn good. <laughs> and then between people who were like ho-hum on it and then people who didn't enjoy it, 
that was only about 20% of the overall people. So thank you to those of you who sounded off in those polls. I'm sure we'll continue to do those uh, with our future months. So that is going to about do it for the season premiere of the Cartridge Club. Now, we do this every month. Uh, so if this is your first time hanging out with us and listening to one of our shows, uh, we do pick a new game uh, each month. We've actually planned out through the early part of next year already. Um, and so for the month of October, we like to do something a little spooky. Um, we have selected one and there is we've had quite a good reception for this choice. We are playing Parasite Eve for the month of October. I'm super excited. It is available on, uh, is obviously a PS1 uh, game, but you can also get it on PS3 or PSP through the classics uh, there. Uh, and I, we're looking forward to having some people join us to talk about that one. November is going to be a big one. Ryan, uh, you put your foot down on this one and was like, yeah. I want to play this. And I said, yeah. let's do it. I said, you do it, Ryan. And I said, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a game that I've I've heard people ask for it back when the bros were the hosts um, for years. And um, it's a Nintendo 64 classic. Um, and it's a game that I've come so close to beating it, and I've never done it. Um, so we're playing Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, it's one of the, like I said, it's one of those, I love 3D open world platformers. Um, it's... It's a lot of fun from what I remember. It's available besides on the N64. You can play it on 360, your Xbox One. Um, it's on Game Pass. It's um, I imagine maybe with the second analog stick, it might be we'll have a better camera. So I, I I'm debating. I, I kind of want to stick with the 64 myself personally. I don't know. I I'm I'm interested in seeing if it's still as much enjoyable as from what I played. 20 some years ago probably playing this game so I, that's my biggest thing i'm looking forward to with november that's exciting that's the biggest thing in november that you're excited for well some of us can't pre-order a damn console right here so so yeah uh, i guess that's the one thing i'm looking forward to the best way you can interact with us if you are interested in participating in future games of the month would be to interact with us on twitter at cartridge club na uh, you can also go to our discord uh, where a lot of our Community has live discussions going on there throughout the month. You can also check out historical uh, chats about previous games of the month over on our forums over at cartridgeclub.org. On behalf of the Cartridge Club and the other hosts of this show, I'd like to thank Captain Algebra for joining us to talk all about God of War. Cap, where are the best places that people can find you and your content? And is there anything you're working on? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube, uh, Captain Algebra. I make a couple edited videos a month, but uh, mostly do live streams Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Tuesday nights I play uh, either requests that people want to see me play or I just play a game I want to play. And then Friday I'm going through my Genesis library from A to Z and uh, checking them all out. Um, as for things I'm working on, I'm finally getting down to work on my top 10 SNES game list. So uh, I, I have an NES one out that was pretty radical. Not many games on there would you find on other people's top 10 NES list. But my Super Nintendo one is pretty uh, pretty um, typical games you'll see. But it, it's going to be a fun one. Awesome. We definitely look forward to that. And, of course, we'll have links down in the show notes uh, for you to find Captain Algebra over there on YouTube. Ryan, aside from being one of the other hosts of the Cartridge Club, 
where can people find you? Sure, you can find me at Twitter at it's Rocket Sauce. I also have an Instagram with the same handle, and I'm mostly in the Discord. So if you want to talk about the games of the month or gaming news or anything big with the Cartridge Club, I'm there. So hit me up there. Fantastic. And for me, again, I am Musty Hobbit. You can find me on Twitter at Musty Hobbit. If you're interested in old original Xbox reviews, you can check me out on YouTube. The channel name is Xboxer Briefs. Uh, and I've really been putting a lot of attention into that over the past couple months. Uh, hope you go check that out. Anyways, I think that's going to do it for now. Thank you for joining us for another month. Looking forward to a really powerful Season 8 CC Unite. Oh,